0: Seattle's zone, caliphate, no-go zone, or animal farm? Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, a psychiatrist, and your terrorist therapist. Yes, I'm sure you've been uh, hearing and seeing a lot about uh, Seattle's Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ, or Capitol Hill Occupied Protest, or CHOP. (laughs) Um, also known as the Zone, or Free Capitol Hill. This is a neighborhood in Seattle, Washington, that has been taken over, uh, made into its own little city, its own little uh, area outside of the U.S., although some of the people there try to say that they're not seceding from the U.S. Um, I mean, that's the whole problem here with this Zone. Uh, There are lots of different groups who have lots of different ideas about what it is that they've done and what it is that they wanna do and are doing. And there we have the problem. So it was established on June 8th uh, by the George Floyd protesters, but these protesters who have been hijacked, not only here in Seattle, but all over the place by uh, radical groups whose aim really is to destroy America. And um, so there are groups like Antifa, and um, there may in fact be some radical Islamists in that group. The Black Lives Matter group, actually, it's not really a surprise that all these other radical groups have hijacked them, because in fact, and this is kind of, um, not very much is known about this, I mean, you have to kind of dig, you're not really gonna hear much about this in the mainstream media, But if you look into it, you will find that the founders of Black Lives Matter um, are connected to radical groups. Now, you know, everybody wants to have sympathy, of course, for Black Lives Matter, because um, there is police brutality. There is racism amongst some of the police, amongst some bad apples in the police, not the whole police force, uh, any of them. But you know, it's certainly um, certain. It's, I mean, no one is, well, I shouldn't say no one, but um, one should not be um, for racism. So, of course, you're going to sympathize with Black Lives Matter. But when you look into uh, the founders' connections, and then when you look into these groups who have hijacked them, it's really a different story. And lots of corporations and individuals have been donating tens of thousands and millions of dollars to them because they think they're doing this to protest against racism when really, uh, there are all these people with, who aren't um, affiliated with Black Lives Matter and some who are, um, who have other agendas. The agenda is not just to get rid of racist policemen, it's to, um, it's to destroy America. So that's why I say caliphate, uh, no-go zone or animal Farm. So let's look at this, caliphate. We know that what a caliphate is. I mean, we, in terms of our recent history, we have seen a caliphate in Iraq and Syria. Uh, the caliphate was formed by radical Islamists in, um, in Iraq, uh, in Mosul, they took over Mosul, uh, called it the Islamic State in 2014. And then finally, the last outpost was um, conquered, so to speak, by uh, the US in 2019 in Syria. It had taken over uh, parts of Iraq and Syria. So um, then we have, and certainly as you will hear, as I describe what's happening in Seattle more, you you will hear uh, similarities to the caliphate. Now, no-go zones. What are no-go zones? I'm, I'm very familiar with that, having um, spent years in Europe, uh, particularly Belgium and Paris. So in Belgium, in 2015, the Paris attacks, when the media described um, where some of the people lived who were involved in the Paris attacks, they lived in Molenbeek. Um, Molenbeek is a very poor, you know, um, marginalized desperate um, kind of place that's been taken over by gang violence and radical Islamists. And so um, the government does not have control over Molenbeek. It's a no-go zone because police are afraid to go in there because um, there it is very violent. And similarly France um, is another place in Europe. It's actually there are no-go zones in several places But France is also one of the top uh, places where there are the most no-go zones. Um, Some of these zones are under Sharia law. And in uh, 2002, back that far, uh, a piece in the New York Times said, Arab gangs regularly vandalize synagogues here. The North African suburbs have become no-go zones at night and the French continue to shrug their shoulders and you know he wrote that in 2002 and I can tell you that it is far worse in 2020. So why should we be concerned about this area in Seattle? Because the people who are um, involved in that don't just want it to be in Seattle, in fact there are other places where um, other radical groups of various kinds, not just uh, not just people belonging to Black Lives Matter um, have, are trying to start it, have been trying to start it in other areas as well. So before I get into talking a little more about that area, let me just tell you, because so far there haven't been reports specifically about radical Islamists uh, being in Seattle's zone, but um, there is um, a, there is certainly is are reports about leftist jihadist alliance of of there being a a leftist jihadist alliance and there were two examples of this in new york city recently Um, for example one was a muslim lawyer and activist for the palestinian jihad who threw a molotov cocktail into a police cruiser and then a muslim migrant from bosnia who stabbed an nypd officer in the neck while screaming, Allahu Akbar. So, um, you know, so is it likely that in the Seattle's zone there are also jihadists? I would say yes, but probably not the majority. Okay, so um, where, what is this zone? Um, It's six blocks, which includes a park, and more importantly, it includes the Seattle Police Department and they vacated their East Precinct building at Capitol Hill after back and forth uh, protests, riots, looting, um, attacks on the police. Uh, you know, it, it has went back and forth. Um, lots of complaints against the police. Lots of the police did try to um, have uh, tried to stop people, from, these people from taking over their precinct and this area but at some point the mayor this is the main problem the mayor Jenny Durkin decided that this was a good idea she calls this um, area of violence a block party so what do the people um in the zone want (laughs) what do they want They want, they have lots of demands and the demands keep increasing. Um, There was a list of 30 demands that they put out at one time, but then it has been increasing since then. For example, um, they want abolishment of the court system because they say it's beyond reform. They want youth jails and imprisonment in general and an end to all ICE operations. Uh, in the transition period between the time that the police department is being dismantled and when it's fully dismantled, they want that the police use no weapons, no guns, batons, tear gas against those who are, quote, exercising their First Amendment rights as Americans to protest. They also want retrials for people of color accused of violent crimes by, quote, a jury of their peers in their community. So everybody who is a person of color, accused of a violent crime, should now be um, retried by a jury of people of color. Um, They want amnesty, the release of all protesters arrested in the George Floyd Rebellion, as they call it. They want the release of all those in jail for marijuana related offenses. Um, They want uh, the US, they want U.S. This is most, one of the most recent demands. They want U.S. citizenship for 11 for all the uh, illegal aliens in the U.S., which have been estimated at anywhere between 11 to 22 million people. And they don't want to call them uh, illegal aliens because they say that nobody <laughs> nobody can be illegal. Um, they want to call them undocumented. So, um, there are, there are, let's see. So the whole idea of course is, is to get rid of the police. That's number one. And they want to create a neighborhood without police. Uh, they want rent control, the reversal of gentrification, abolition or defunding of the police. As I said, funding of community health. They want to take the money from the police and put it into community health. Um, and I think that, so that's uh, all that I have at the moment. I might be coming across more. In any case, um, really, it is a list of, you know, I want, I want, I want. Now, does that, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like little kids uh, being angry and telling their parents that they want, they're giving them a list of things that they want, or they're not going to do their homework, or they're going to have a tantrum. Well, I'm going to get into this more um, when we come back and um, talk to you. Needless to say, I am very concerned about all of this, um, all of this anarchy. So stay tuned and we'll talk more when we come back. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about Seattle's zone, caliphate, no-go zone, or animal farm. Uh, I'm going to end this um, podcast talking about Animal Farm and all the similarities so you can start trying to remember (laughs) Animal Farm. I have a feeling most of you uh, may have read Animal Farm a while ago, but you will be amazed at the similarities. All right, but for now, (laughs) let me talk about how I was mentioning uh, Mayor Jenny Durkin who is calling this like a block party. And interestingly, the Seattle Police Department chief, Carmen Best, who is black, is not very happy uh, about what happened. She did not want to abandon the police station about which they have uh, built this zone. Um, And she wants to return the police officers to the zone. I mean, you know, it was, It it was a really difficult situation because uh, this is, you know, on the one hand, um, the, I mean, there were the protests and the protests eventually coalesced around the East Precinct building, the police department, and um, the protesters were throwing bottles and rocks and fireworks. And you know, at first the the police were trying to keep them away, and then the protesters were throwing all these things, and you know, police were getting injured. And then they so then they uh, resumed using tear gas. And then there were twelve thousand complaints about the police. And then the police decided to to retreat, to hightail it out of there before more of them got killed. Really. Because there were more protesters, more violent rioters, not protesters i mean there's nothing wrong. Let me take a minute to um clarify that. I am not against protesting for anything, um, but a protest is generally um uh, peaceful, not um, not a riot, and not looting so um there are signs in the in this uh, area, the zone that some of them say, you are now leaving the USA. I was saying before how there's an ar- argument, there's dissension about whether this is part of the USA or not. Um, there's also spray paint Seattle People's Department, East Precinct, instead of Seattle Police Department. There were anarchist symbols, there it war or is, are <laughs> graffiti. Um, There, uh, you know, some people have described it as a cross between Occupy Wall Street and an independent student housing cooperative. Um, Also, it's been described as a concert um, uh, atmosphere like Burning Man, which is kind of ironic since Burning Man was uh, canceled this year because of coronavirus. And yet um, this is happening. And of course, the people are not uh, six feet apart, nor are all of them wearing masks. And let me just put in a little irony here, a sad irony. There's a, um, a death rate, if you look at the death rate per 100,000 population um, of, from COVID, most of the people who die from COVID are black. Um, they are, their percentage is 54.6 they're dying at more than double the rate of other ethnicities whites are 22.7 latino is 24.3 and asian is 24.9 so blacks die twice as much as 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 these other um ethnicities from covid and yet these people not that they are all black who are in the zone but um but amongst the Black Lives Matter protests um, and so on certainly the majority of people are Black and they are putting themselves at risk, at greater risk. So um, there is, you know, it's a whole little town there. Uh, What is is fascinating to me, I have been watching videos of um, The Zone (laughs) all through the weekend and this morning, and um, I you know it, you, you get such a different picture depending upon which media outlet is covering it. So like for example, this morning, I watched um, CNN's video and you would think <laughs> that this was either a concert or a block party as the mayor was saying, you know there were people that were pretty signs um, with rainbows and Black Lives Matter and all of this and people were sitting there and there was free food, um, you know, that were because so many people have contributed uh, to the zone. And snacks and hand sanitizer. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people are using hand sanitizer. Uh, Kebabs, curry, donations for the homeless, um, two medical stations, supposedly, that deliver basic health care to the homeless and sex workers. Excuse me? <laughs> then um, there are teach-ins, and I watched a lot of, um, a lot of people speaking, um, you know, and that's, that's where things get a bit rough. So as I was trying to say, so this morning I was watching a video from CNN where it looked like a very happy party, um, peace and love and all of that good stuff. Um, then I watched a video that was taken by someone from One America News Network, who was in, who stayed in, didn't just come and visit and, you know, during the day and take a few uh, um, minutes of, of um, video. Um, this person stayed for the whole weekend in the zone, and which meant that he was there at night. Now, if you contrast the pictures of this happy rainbow daytime and what happens at night, it is very, it is, it, is, it is amazing. And it is really sad that most people are just watching, uh, most mainstream media are just showing the happy little rainbow part <laughs> and not showing what happens at night. What happens at night is mob rule. And um, there is no government per se, There is someone who is a um, uh, the presumed kind of leader. He's a rapper, and um, he let's see, and he one of the videos is of his him chasing after uh, someone who was thought to have stolen something, and so they were chasing after this guy, and um, uh, you know then they, they 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 I didn't see them uh attack him per se but they started going through all his stuff taking all his stuff and putting it out on the street it's just mob rule there are no police and in fact the uh the police chief is saying that they can't get in there that they can't get to calls and that there have been rapes and murders and and um and they can't get in to save the people i mean of course this is anarchy and of course these kinds of things happen in anarchy and um, really, it's the, the the main problem is that since there is no, since there are so many different radical groups mixed in, along with the peaceful Black Lives Matter people who um, really ha- are there for a purpose, you know, who really are just want um, the police to stop being racist. Um, but there are so many people with more violent intentions uh, as i said this is just this is all about destroying america and so since there are all these different um, intentions when people get up at night and and give speeches there are some people who sit there and applaud and you know yell and, and in support of them and then there are others who are booing them and getting angry and and there are people since seattle has an open carry policy for, for um, weapons, there are people carrying guns in this zone. Now, that's all nice and fine and dandy when it's the daytime rainbow time, but when it gets to be nighttime, um, that is rather dangerous. So these are domestic terrorists. The bottom line is these are domestic terrorists, and most of them and um and uh this is a, a um an even greater tragedy waiting to happen because as i said you know they don't have any plans there is no plan to to their plan was to um to protest and then they wound up you know fortunately got the police to leave which was thrilling and now what they don't have any plans for now what Well, when we come back, I will talk to you about how this zone is really um, not only like a caliphate and a no-go zone, um, but particularly well described as animal farm. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about Seattle's zone, caliphate, no-go zone, or animal farm. Um, I was talking before about how it's, um, it is lawless, it's mob mentality, uh, particularly at night. And the one person who is considered so far, or he considered himself, who appointed himself as the alleged warlord of the zone is Raz Simone, a black man who is a rapper. And he's the one who led the chasing of the man who, of the white man, by the way, who um, was alleged to have stolen something. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit first about um, the, the observations um, of the reporter from uh, One America News Network who stayed there for three days and nights. So he said the day crew which was typically shown to the outside world was completely different from the night crew who inhabited the zone overnight. Um, He said, Ray's Simone, Raz Simone, uh, it was the unofficial leader, but there's no rule of law whatsoever. It's mob rule, mob justice. And and Raz's crew uh, assaulted another journalist for filming inside the zone. um also he saw them trying to set fire to a local auto yard uh he took these videos as i was saying Raz is now uh, chasing down an accused thief going through the bag you know at night the pictures the video looks like lord of the flies um where a bunch of kids who with in a lawless you know on an island who um uh, who? Uh, that's ultimately what it's going to turn out to be. It, it isn't quite that yet, but the lawlessness is. But so far, they haven't really um, attacked uh, people one by one, or at least not that's being reported. Um, yes, Raz, by the way, carries a gun, <laughs> which is which helps him to appoint himself as the leader of the whole thing. Um, so let's see. He said. The, the reporter said, the media narrative on this place has been an absolute lie, absolute, utter lie. Um, the place needs to be shut down. Several people had been transported outside the zone by ambulance due to drug overdoses. Now the police head has, uh, has said that, you know, they haven't really been able to get in there. So presumably they were able to on a couple of cases. He said, it's the mob, no sanitation, no so- social distancing. I I recommend that you look, um, that you go online and look for um, examples, videos of what this place is like at night. So, Animal Farm. Uh, I say that this zone is George Orwell's Animal Farm come to life. That it's no longer about racism and we need to take back the farm in fact i started a hashtag on uh, twitter that is take back the farm so if you can go there and repeat that in your tweets that would be great okay so let me tell you how uh the the animal farm is a metaphor for what is going on in the zone first of all in animal farm one of the pigs old major he is a wise pig (laughs) And he gives a speech about uh, a utopia, what life would be like if it was uh, like a utopia and not under the rule or the uh, operation of the farmer, Mr. Jones, Farmer Jones. So Farmer Jones apparently has a drinking problem and he doesn't take great care of the farm. And so uh, sometimes he forgets to feed the animals. So, um, Old Major gives this rousing speech and it sparks a rebellion, not quite yet, but after he dies. So just like, uh, in this case, George Floyd's death sparked a rebellion. And just like Farmer Jones, we haven't been running the farm perfectly. There are still some bad apples in the police force and this needs to change. So racism does need to be eliminated from the police force, but not by violence, looting, or takeovers of American cities. This is in my opinion. So I am calling for mandatory recertification of the psychological health of police officers. They need to have uh, every one or two years or so, depending upon Uh, the precinct, they need to have mandatory recertification on their duty weapons, that they're able to uh, control their duty weapons um, uh, in a proper manner and that they work and everything else. Well, I say that the police should be uh, mandated to be recertified also as to their psychological health. Now, maybe maybe once a year would probably be too much in terms of money for police departments, but, um, but at least every two years. And why is this? Because well-meaning officers, um, after being on the force in the field um, for some amount of time, see horrible sight after horrible sight violence, death, uh, rape, all kinds of, um, you know, disgusting offenses that turn their stomach. And in some, it makes them develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, after being exposed to one horrific scene of violence after another, or, um, you know, with a particularly, like for example, it's really uh, particularly painful um, and distressing, for police officers to see crimes on children, deaths on children, um, violent rape of children. Uh, So there are some scenes that are more horrific to a particular policeman even, not necessarily everyone would feel the same, but some, you know, are more perhaps because of their own history. Um, And so some police develop PTSD and, That makes them more likely to be hypervigilant, meaning that they are uh, looking around uh, them more, maybe getting paranoid even, and have exaggerated startle responses, which means that if they hear a noise, they overreact to it, for example. And so this makes them fear for their lives more and makes them feel more justified in using excessive force. So if every one to two years, the police were made to take uh, psychological tests and to meet with a psychiatrist that would be able to weed out the bad apples. Because of course, one would look for, not just whether they have PTSD, but one would look for um, any evidence of bias, racism, and so on. So why have we, getting back to Animal Farm, so Farmer Jones was the one who, um, who ran Manor Farm, and um, why are we, uh, like Farmer Jones, abandoning the farm to violent rioters? So um, I believe that it is because um, coronavirus and coronavirus lockdowns and the fear of our own mortality have distracted us, have exhausted us, and have made us, many of us, suffer from anxiety, depression, PTSD, and more. And this makes us more susceptible to being frightened by rioters and looters. In other words, to feel a little more helpless towards them. I mean, plus, <laughs> not to mention that they come in huge crowds and, and uh, have no respect for human life. Um, or, of course, um, any of the material goods or, you know, they have just, they have controlled, they have not, there isn't just this area in Seattle that they've controlled. In a sense, they controlled, at least for periods of time, streets. Streets in New York, streets in Beverly Hills, streets all over the country. Um, So some of us getting back to how we, you know, the coronavirus and, and lockdown and so on, some of us are feeling now like shadows of our former selves. So the question is, have we given up on saving our country? The zone in Seattle is no longer about racism. It's about rebellious kids having temper tantrums. They want a world without parents. They don't want any authority figures telling them that anarchy isn't okay. And um, I believe that this relates to the helplessness and anger that this, you know, most of the people in, uh, in Seattle, in this zone, are younger. And um, I trace this to the helplessness and anger that these generations have felt growing up after 9-11. So, um, just like the animals of Animal Farm, the squatters in the zone in Seattle are arguing amongst themselves, fighting to change the rules, and waking up to the realization that there were always too many different agendas amongst them to be able to agree on a set of rules or plans to begin with. So, this is a... um, a zone in transition. This is not over by any means. Um, And I dare to say, I'm sad to say, that there will be a lot more bloodshed and very little accomplished by the time this is over. So we need to take back the farm before America is destroyed. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.